0: watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching a game. Game. game
1: hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at steedy on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and as usual i'm joined by me old buddy me old pal it's at poolishrew it's andy davis what's going on andy hey there buddy how are you not too bad you're very reserved you don't have a, a wild entrance like me why is everyone reserved in comparison to me what's going on
2: I think I'm just thawing out still from today's frolics in the snow. So that's where I am I am with my vocal cords. Yeah, it's it, been a cold one up in the northeast today, mate.
1: Is it, yeah, you were saying that about the kids uh, not going to school. Daddy has to put on a show all day. You've got a day off work. <laughs> Sounds like a
2: nice gig. No, I think the snow just waited for me to do the school run and then sort of decided to uh, yeah. empty itself on Hartlepool. So, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, for a shortened day on the roads today, yeah, it was crazy, crazy.
1: So, is Finley still at the school as we speak? Snowed in, uh, sleeping bags <laughs> at the ready, eating uh, Ritz crackers.
2: I felt like a bad dad this morning. Actually, Finley's rocking up to school with his coat wide open, no hat on, no gloves on. Every other child looks like they were an advert for H uh, H&M and M.
1: Um, <laughs> well, look, at, I mean, the son of a Green Bay Packer fan, we're we're made of tougher stuff, you know. What, what's that phrase? Real men play in the snow. It's no joke. It, yeah
2: yeah it's, it's no joke yeah it's exactly he said uh, my hands are warm dad my hands are warm but it it's too true they were yeah absolutely
1: yeah. when um, he was in the yeah. car but once you let him out it's probably a different story <laughs> a <poor> child. <laughs> that's it child well, protection he'd... services are knocking on your door tomorrow
2: yeah yeah they will be yeah well I think well, last night he played football and it was about minus two I think even though it was inside it was minus two what? and I was sort of running up and down the sideline just to try and keep warm while I was watching him it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. been a cold few days
1: there you go. You look like the uh, active dad, the sports dad. Look at him running up and down the side <laughs> with such passion. You're like, yeah, he's trying to stay warm. You know, we're getting old. What can we
2: say? Yeah, it's good.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it's good it's to it's good to speak to you again. But come here, you're a man now who remembers, speaking of snow, so you you must remember all of these like old-timey Packers games where the snow's pouring down and like we can't see the markers. They don't know where the first down thing is. Everyone's sliding around all over the place. It's predominantly run game intensive. Um let's let's talk snow games have you got have you got any snow games in mind andy that sort of stick out to you to say jesus that was a good one
2: i think the snow games that stick out for me were the ones that really intensified my love for the green bay packers really sort really? of watching the packers play it. yeah absolutely yeah i think you know everyone yeah. associates green bay with the ice ball don't they and mm-hmm. rightly so but i can remember the uh the snowball in 85 which was yeah. uh which is quite up when you consider we're playing the Buccaneers this week. And it yeah. was against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, we had the lofty talents of Lynn Dickey, Eddie Lee Ivory, James Lofton playing mm. for the for the Packers. And I think there was about 19,000 there at the game at Lambeau. The, the conditions were that bad. It wasn't just a sort of a smattering of snow. It was, you know, it was knee high. yeah, And um, the Packers churned out sort of 300 yards passing. Uh, sort of 230 yards on the ground uh, and beat yeah ridiculous yeah and beat the Buccaneers 21 zip um the Buccaneers had the guy called Steve Young playing at yeah. QB and he mustered a, a total of 53 yards passing I think he spent more time on the ground under Alfonso <laughs> Carriker who uh rocked up four sacks and um uh, I can remember buying the VHS video of this game <laughs> I was yeah. that enamored by it yeah it was it was quality, and. Um, yeah, I think if you if you sort of troll through YouTube, you can find a few pictures, a few sort of uh, videos of it. My, my first picture of me as a, as a young whippersnapper uh, in my Green Bay Packers number 33 Jesse Clark uh, jersey it was in the snow in my back garden. So I always used to think, yeah, that's uh, that's the way the Packers play in the snow, and that's probably my my highlight game. It's probably that and the um, Seattle Wild game from uh, 2012 where Ryan Grant. Run for about sort of 200 yards and, and the Packers, you know, shellacled the Seattle uh, Seahawks, forty two twenty. 20 um, But yes, yeah, certainly the snowball um, for me in 85 was a, a real good memory. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, no, looking back, because that, that's the thing, an awful lot of the best ones are actually well before uh, my time back in the 80s. So just reading some of the stats of these games, Jesus, I mean, Green Bay finishing in that game you were talking about with Steve Young against the Bucks, which again, from doing the research this week, it's quite topical, 512 yards like Steve Young only held to 53 and as you said he was sacked six times and I think you were saying that who was it that got the got five sacks it was sacks a guy called uh
2: it was it was a guy called alfonso Caracas so we we spent a quite high draft pick on him um and, and he sort of didn't really pan out but he had flashes of brilliance and on that game there he sort of uh I think he racked up four sacks he was That's defensive crazy. end yeah yeah absolutely but it looked like we were playing on sort of uh Full cleats and they were playing on ice. That's how yeah. the game looked Yeah, you know, they just completely disorientated going up from the Florida sun and um even a sort of quite an average Packers team, you know, just had their way really. But
1: that, that's what would work in our favour, and usually it does in fairness, because apparently, especially now with this sort of um, synthetic sewn in grass, that that's that's a that's a factor that's you'll see the teams when they come out and they walk up and down Lambo Field, of course. They have to try um, look look at the ground and see. Well, what studs are we gonna wear? The long ones, short ones, you know, whatever. Um, and it definitely was a factor back in the day as well. Five hundred twelve total yards. Um, Eddie Lee Ivory, one hundred nine yards and thirteen carries, and Ellis then went f- uh, for a hundred yards rushing in the game as well. Um, which is mad. The head coach, First Greg. I mean, you know, he do- he <laughs> doesn't get a doesn't get some good press, but they they certainly performed. Um, on that day, and as you said, there was only nearly twenty thousand fans and to say that you know the packers have been sold out since the 60s um you know we can see that weather definitely has a factor and that's what we were sort of saying to people who talk about the uk packers tours and they keep saying to us um you know i'll definitely go on a cold game i want to experience it when the beer lines freeze well you know as a paddy and a a bunch of tommies going over to a place where there's no beer available it's not going to get down too well i mean that that's called wars in the past um, so that doesn't float my boat uh, what about you, Andy? Like, Would you want to witness one of these games in person or are you happy enough to sit behind your uh, nice, warm, cosy fire TV and uh, watch the games?
2: Well, I did it, didn't I? I went out in 96 uh, and I watched the Detroit game, which was the back end of yeah. November, uh, right at the tip of December, I think it was. Uh, it was minus 18 game time. Um, I think that was the, the official call. Yeah. I can remember having three pairs of uh, tracksuit bottoms on and sitting on those Cold bleachers is, is is no fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a long three hours. Put it that way. Even though the Packers, you know, won comfortably, it was it's tough in that cold. You know, I look at some of the pictures of myself, and I look like I've been sort of drinking three bottles of whiskey a day. My face is red <laughs> raw. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty brutal, isn't it? You know, throwing the old wind chill factor as well. So even you know, taking it down to the minus 35s is the ice ball, I just can't imagine what that was like.
1: No, I, I don't i don't do it but i used to play soccer as a youth and um we used to play in all weather and especially with ireland here and that that's a, that's an interesting thing right so with this dublin meetup if anyone looks at the pictures the only one that you see with his legs out is me right so i t- spot the <laughs> paddy so i used to play um soccer sort of youth soccer whatever i don't know what age you even gave it up uh, we won the league and all the rest so we were fairly handy um and in the cold i used to turn orange i used to get actually orange spots on my skin i don't know what it is maybe someone else listening going oh that boy has a serious condition but i don't know what it is i survived i'm okay now but i just i just absolutely hate the cold and then i was a leinster season ticket holder um used to go to leinster games but it actually watching sport in that condition it, it's just miserable i hate it it's it's the worst and um yeah i and that this, this is what i want to say as well right so you say that and people go oh well not a true fan of the back look listen piss off all right i don't want to deal with it because i can't be dealing with the with the fan police because here's another one and this is completely off topic and not something that we discussed in pre-proud right however what i want to ask you is speaking of becoming and being a a true fan right someone raised a poll on our closed facebook group and if you're not in that go to uk packers on facebook facebook facebook.com forward slash uk packers and associated with the facebook page there's a private group that you can get into and spew your knowledge right so get in there and throw in the invite one of the guys had a poll in that andy that said you know what makes you a true fan of the packers and what do you believe in do you have to stay up and only true fans watch every single game no matter what um, is it okay to not watch the games and catch them the next day um How do you feel about that? Do you feel the need personally to watch every game and do you look... Now, honestly now, no faffing around here, right? Do you look at fans (laughs) who say, oh yeah, I'll watch it tomorrow or the next day? Do you see those people as not having the same dedication and not being as big as a fan as you are because you might stay up and watch them all?
2: No, I don't judge anybody. Each to their own, isn't it? I think everyone finds their own level of comfort with their level of support. For me, it's... um It's become one of those things, isn't it? Once you get to a point where you've never missed a game, or you've never missed a game throughout my sort of following the Packers, whether it's been on radio, whatever access I've had, I've always, I've, I've never missed a game. So I'm getting to that point now where you, you wouldn't miss a game. So even now we're getting to a point where potentially. I don't know if we if we drop a couple of games in the running, it's they're not going to mean a whole lot, are they? I still wouldn't miss a game. Yeah. I didn't miss a game when we were four and twelve. I, I, I wouldn't miss a game when we're you're sort of ten and six. It's just something that's I don't know. It's genetically wired into me now, I guess. So I'm not really, um, but I don't judge other people. People, you know, people at work at six o'clock in the morning. It's just not possible, is it? Particularly when the, the late games drag on a little bit. So. No, each yeah. to their own I couldn't do it personally just, just not in my makeup <laughs> yeah <laughs> because
1: uh... we do find that sometimes that there can be a bit of fan snobbery you know there's a bit of this no. kind of like oh well if you don't stay up for the games well then you know you're not a real fan it's like alright pal just can't you know relax like even during the uh, what game was it it was a recent enough game and I was manning the UK Packers Twitter and I was I was banging out tweets, and I was I'd set up late. I didn't even get a tactical nappy in right. So, if anyone's uh, <laughs> if anyone's familiar with kind of tactical stuff, you know when you go out with the boys, and some people have a tactical chunder, so they you know get sick, come back in, drink more beer. Wouldn't be for me. I'd just head off home. I'm one of the guys who would leave a party without telling anybody and going home because I don't want anybody to tell me to not go home. So I just end up picking up my coat and leaving. Um, but anyway. The well, last year, the last
2: year, the Cowboys game, the playoff game, yeah, I had a I had a serious job interview the following day with a with a lot of spanduaries riding on the result of this interview. And it wasn't just an interview; it was a full day assessment centre. So it wasn't just sort of you know your half an hour chit chat. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a full day of structured sort of structured questions, assessment centres, etc., etc. Yeah, and I can remember watching the Cowboys game till till the wee hours and thinking this is probably not the best preparation that I could have had, <laughs> and. Um, i didn't even go to bed didn't even go to bed i couldn't relax after the game i was on such a high i listened to all the sort of post-game interviews and i just thought oh do you know what it was about half four or whatever it was stupid o'clock by the time i'd settled down i thought i would just do some research and and go for it and on total adrenaline i passed the assessment with flying colors and got the job it just goes <laughs> to show you it just goes to show you the packers are good for everything really
1: there you go uh, it'll give you the you know give you the ire and motivation so look at you being the pun king right because we've seen you whip off a few more uh, people have to count how many snow jokes we can get into this podcast because uh, <laughs> we've got we've got a few you know what I mean um, yeah this podcast is snow joke but anyway Andy speaking of uh, jokes and uh, the the best proprietor for all jokes are clowns and it's about time we brought it back it's clown of the week Oh, the jingles are back today. The jingles are back today in full force. We've got another one later on in the show. But come here, I want to talk about Clown of the Week. We haven't done it in a while. And I've been starting to get our Instagram game back on and we see some trends and stuff, right? Now, what I'm noticing is, and again, this this is my Clown of the Week. We sort of briefly brushed over it in, in pre prod right? um to show you the model sort of boyfriend husband I am, um, it's Joan's birthday today. So, you know, I'm trying to brush over stuff, get it done, get the editing done, and then, you know, at least go to bed for at least four. So the clown that I've seen, and I'm just sick of it, is Millennial Trolls on Instagram. The the comment like so we put up a picture and it's Aaron Rodgers and it says, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the only player to ever be in the running for an MVP who by not playing so it was kind of it's something that we spoke about in the last podcast Andy now I'm being flippant right and I'm being funny and tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic and all the rest but an awful lot of these millennials on Instagram don't get it right I don't actually think they're going to give him the MVP all I'm saying is is how valuable is Aaron Rodgers because since he went down they've only won one game and that was against the Bears so it probably doesn't count so you know that that's my point and that I put in the sort of blurb to comment to say, you know, since Aaron Rodgers went down, it shows how valuable he is to the Packers. Uh, the Packers went from being Super Bowl favourites. And I wanted to say to being in the bargain basement in the NFC North, but then I was like, mm, can't go that far because they're not that bad yet. Um, but I said they were Super Bowl favorites. Now, let me clarify that because that, that's where the clown comment comes from, right? Because I got multiple comments and I just started deleting some of them because it just, usually I'm into free speech and all the rest, but after a while, I was just like, all right, just leave me alone. I can't be dealing with it, all right? If you want to have an educated debate, that's fine. But if you want to come in and start hurling names around because you're being a dick, well, then just leave me alone. So uh, one lad says, oh, Super Bowl favorites. Uh, they were never Super Bowl favorites, you idiot. And they went, at UK Packers, right? And that's what I kind of took offense by. I'm like, all right, pack, calm down. First off, the Packers were second favorites to win the Super Bowl, uh the first being the Patriots at the start of the season before any games were played, okay? And then thereafter when the Patriots started to sort of slump because their defense was crap and the Packers looked like they were on a run with Aaron Rodgers, um the Packers went up and they were the number one Super Bowl favorites. And then he went down and we've tanked since. That's a fact. And these lads are coming on, hurling abuse, like, oh, you idiot, oh, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And I think most of the time we see sort of disparaging comments because we're from the UK and Ireland, that people are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And that, that's what happens. And we have some people leaving comments like, oh, just stick to your soccer and all this type of stuff, right? And <laughs> uh, just like, lads, calm down. So that's what it is. It's people who, it's this, I call it Trumpisms. It's where there's facts that are highly available, and it just literally takes a Google search. But they will choose to not do that and be wrong and come up with fake stats. And it's the whole fake news, and it's not the way Donald Trump says it is. But it's the whole Donald Trump just making up fake facts, and that, that's what it is to say, oh, they weren't Super Bowl well favorites, but they actually were, and that's the most frustrating. thing. And what do we do, Andy? Like, do I get back to every comment going, no, they were? No, here's the link. Well, no, here's the link to it.
2: Well, it's <laughs> factual, Stephen, and some some um, Packers gurus in their in their mindset have um have got. Six to one vouchers. <laughs> Who would put money on the Packers to win the Super Bowl? Eh? And I've oh. got cash out available for nineteen pence. I think so. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people. <laughs> You're gonna take it. That sounds like good value to me. <laughs> I think it's probably gone down anyway since last week. But it was. It was about the, the nineteen pence mark. So, oh, um, how much did you put on? That would be um, yeah, undisclosed information. Oh. Um, I think the fact of the matter is, isn't it, that as um, Alan Rogers' value is transcended by him not playing? Because solely on the fact that he's, you've seen his worth to the Packers, haven't you? So, you know, um, and and to your other point, it's Joni's birthday. It's St. Andrew's Day and I'm sacrificing my time as well. So I think the uh, Clown of the Week is well warranted. But face some hefty competition this week, I think. Well, hold on.
1: Are we Clown of the Week? (laughs) Are we actually Clown of the Week for being sitting here doing this while family ours? Anyway, (laughs) you've taken offense to my Clown of the Week. You, the minute I said it to you, you were like, Steve, there's multiple things that have happened this week and that does not top it. Please explain.
2: So Ben McAdoo, one of the McCarthy tree of coaches, was, was my number one favourite for that, simply for the fact that he made his quarterback cry. <laughs> but so I think... <laughs> Eli you started you, it with his poor
1: play. Can I just can say you, he started it?
2: Yeah, but you, can you imagine if Mike McCarthy come out with, you know, Brett's going to start, but Aaron's healthy, but we're going to start with Brett and you, we sort of rolled to the locker room camera, and Larry McCarron's there with his camera, shoved up Aaron Rodgers' nose, and he, and he started blubbering. The Packer Nation would be in total uproar, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, you know, think of the G-Men this week, because I think that Bed McAdoo's really sort of managed to stir a hornet's nest of a 2-9 and nine team, believe it or not. And then the third contender for me was the uh, the mass brawl over at um, Oakland this week with the uh, <laughs> Akeem Talib and uh, our friend Michael Crabtree. Yeah, that that and, uh, footage
1: is being replayed on Comedy Central. That stuff was gold. That absolutely <laughs> hilarious. The fact that he got his second <laughs> chain, the fact that Talib got Crabtree's second chain in two years, is actually yeah. that should be a stat now. Like sacks was introduced back in whenever year seventies eighties. Gold chain yeah. robbery should be a stat, and Talib is number one on Pro Football Focus on gold chain robber.
2: Absolutely, that's the sort of thing that if both players were selected would make the pro bowl interesting you know get <laughs> get them two guys along get Josh Norman and get Odell Beckham back from his injury and um, throw them in the mix and then you've got an interesting pro bowl
1: yeah, and what they could do is just make, instead of a football, to make the pro ball interesting, just make them all wear gold chains. And that an interception is class when you get a gold chain and you just have to avoid it, you know. it's a whole new
2: version of flag, isn't it? You didn't think of that one, did you, when you were...
1: <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, as prime time, that should have came across my mind, you know what I mean? I should have been thinking, right, lads, we don't have flags, we have 24-karat gold chains. Absolutely. Ugh. Once you break them, they're gone. So anyway, look, that's clown of the week. I think clown of the weeks are any of these millennials who come at me, bro. And uh, yours is probably rightly so, Ben McAdoo. I don't know how I left it off, but I kind of think I'm not Packers related. And also, like let's face it, right? Eli has never been the sort of trailblazer. He's literally just been Tom Brady's boogeyman. If he can make go on a hot streak and pr- potentially the Packers as well, but if he can go on a hot streak and. Uh, you know, blaze through the wild card, get to the Super Bowl. And if he's against Tom Brady, he is Tom Brady's kryptonite. But his play has gone down. So real quick then, Andy, I mean, how do you feel about it? Eli Manning, should he call it a day at this stage? Is it a bad way for him to go out? Are his days numbered anyway?
2: I can't get the, the vision of his bottom lip trembling out of my head, to be honest. All his play from <laughs> the last 10 years has just sort of gone to the back of my head. All I can see is his bottom lip trembling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, he used to be the Packers' nemesis for a couple of years, didn't he? It yeah. was a, a real pain in the backside. So, um, you know, maybe his karma's kicking in from, from a Packers' perspective. Uh, um, I, I was never really a Ben McAdoo fan when he was at Green Bay. So, no. uh, And he's yet to prove himself as a coach in New York. So I think he's probably on a short leash himself, to be honest. And maybe this is just one throw of the dice uh, to see where he can go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be putting all my... Uh you know, eggs into the Geno Smith basket, to be honest, because that sounds like scrambled egg to me. But um, yeah, look, it's damaged his... Whatever legacy Eli had, but I don't know, he's always compared to his brother, who in fairness um, was fantastic. And of course, uh, Indianapolis, that stadium is the house that Peyton built. We all know that. Um, But Eli, there's always this debate, does he make the Hall of Fame? And people are like, well, he has two rings and he should. But you look at this kind of legacy and you look at the tools he's had in... Odell Beckham, right? And as much as I hate that guy, he does grade out as like the top wide receiver every year. His yards are ridiculous. Um and I just what taints him for me is this sort of gimmicky one-handed catch crap that Max McGee was doing back in the day. So it, it just doesn't phase me. It's kind of schoolyard stuff. But with a weapon like him, you would expect Eli to do an awful lot better. Um now I know Odell Beckham Jr. eats up double coverages and all the rest. But that should leave other options. And, you know, they've had Victor Cruz there who got a hard deal. I don't know.
2: Um, look, He's got weapons, does not he? He's had weapons. Yes, yeah. uh, there's no, And he's lost them this year. But he's definitely on the downhill side of his career. That's for certain. Um, I'm yeah. just surprised that, uh, at the position that they're in, that they've made that decision right now. And he's talking about sort of wanting to know what's on his roster. But I don't buy that for one minute. So, no. yeah, be an interesting size so all I was really bothered about is I've got Evan Engram in my fantasy team and I need the win this year, this week to uh, secure a right. playoff berth. So that's how I was uh, automatically, directly uh, impacted.
1: Jesus, purely selfish reasons. Poor Eli's pouring his heart out to reporters and you're only thinking of your old fantasy team.
2: It's graceful. <laughs> it's poor, isn't it? It is poor. But yeah, it's, all, it's all downhill for me. <laughs>
1: But come here, Andy, uh, let's get on to the nuts and meat and bolts and all the rest of those type of phrases of the podcast. Let's get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers preview. Now, dangerously so, this is a game, along with the Browns game, that people have pitted us to win. So, now, it's been a mixed bag, right? Win against the Bears, don't score anything against the Ravens, make a valiant effort against the Steelers, uh, lose out by potentially poor coaching decisions and time management um, and naivety on on the... case of jamal williams who steps out to stop the clock and all of those things going for the 57 yard field goal which has flabbergasted some people on twitter but it's a good thing that the packers aren't coached by people on twitter and they're coached by mike mccarty who by the stats and of course by his own admission is one of the top coaches in the nfl so looking at this game and the tampa bay how do you see this game stack up and is this a gimme or are we getting into dangerous territory thinking that you know similar to man city versus you know whatever that those bottom teams are in the, in the league is that it's going to be a walkover um is this going to be in any way easy for the packers or will it all come down to scheme and coaching in order for us to be able to beat the james winston led tampa bay buccaneers
2: well there's definitely no gimmies in the nfl is there but i certainly think um in this case that's the king um i think it's something like Tampa Bay have won one game in Wisconsin in the last 20 years. And I know for some of the shorter-term fans, they won't remember, but Tampa Bay were quite a division rival for a, for a number of years yeah. um, in the days of um, the Brett Central. Favre. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And um, they never have much joy in Wisconsin, and I don't think that will um, start this week. I think the Packers will be too strong for the books. It's a big it's a big climate change, isn't it, coming up from Florida to, to Wisconsin in the month of December, and I think it's... Um, logistically it's tough to do it's exactly the same as if we were sort of heading down to florida uh, and for that reason i fancy the Packers to, to pull a victory out of that
1: yeah there's a few matchups that kind of stand out for me and um, first off as you said it's the tampa bay buccaneers versus the green bay weather so we got contacted by uh the the Bucks fan club in the uk and they said to us lads can you throw on a few heaters up there for us when we go and the answer to that is no we're gonna you know get snow globes out get the snow machines going um, and have a jolly old time so that that's one thing that's going to work in our favor because there is a massive difference and you really do have to acclimatize to it and like we've seen the don hudson center the temperature within that is changed and they practice outside to get used to the weather conditions and all the rest and we do have some players who are clutch in the cold and reliable in the cold at this stage um and looking at the other matchups that I think people should look out for, number one is the fact that James Winston is coming off um, the rehab of his shoulder injury, which had him out for three games. um, I think it was three games anyway. Um, So when a quarterback comes back, it's never a gimme. And that's sort of a caveat, and not to jump ahead, but if we were to beat the Bucs, and it's a massive if, and if we were to beat the Browns, which again, people might think, oh no, that's a gimme. But as you said, there are no gimmies, and that is still a massive if. Because as you say on the on the podcast, Andy, it's any given Sunday, you never know what type of injuries are gonna befall you um and who's gonna be playing for who, and you know what matchups we're gonna get, but anyway. I digress. If we were to win out those two games, Aaron Rodgers is eligible to come back against the Carolina Panthers. Now I hear all of this talk online, and I think it's it's irresponsible. It's crazy. Uh, but ultimately, lads have added it. You can do what you want. Uh, who am I to say I'm only a leprechaun, right? So if we were to win those two games, they say that Aaron Rodgers can run the table against the Lions, vikes and the Panthers. Not in that order. And um, now you look at the Vikings. Their Super Bowl favorites are definitely up there now with the Eagles uh, to do the job. And I don't think we can say, oh, Aaron Rodgers come in and just beat them, right? Relax, calm down. You know, it first off is that he's going to be coming back off that injury. Uh, will he be the same quarterback when he comes back? Will he be rusty and all of this type of stuff? Aaron Rodgers is superhuman, yes, but he can be susceptible uh, to poor games after coming back after long stints and all the rest. Perhaps, right? So, James Winston, on the flip side of that, is doing the same. So, he's coming back in. So, that's something that can work in our favor. Um, on top of that, then, if you look at the Tampa Bay O-line... Um, if you were to look at all of their gradings, it's they're just red right across the board. They're terrible, right? The the one that grades the highest is Smith at left tackle, uh, which I suppose is a saving grace for them. Uh, that on the blind side, that they're actually going to have some help. Now he's going to stack up against Nick Perry, um. You know, who's who's doing okay. He's not overly brilliant, but he's he's getting the pressure on. It's just that he doesn't tend to rush the quarterback as much as we'd like him to. Uh Matthews is having his standout year, um, and people might go, he's still not great, but he's doing much better than he has previously. And then we have the powerhouses and Daniels and Kenny Clark is back as well. And Kenny Clark is actually graded higher than Mike Daniels. So we have all this pressure coming up the middle, and I just think that you know that'll be important to to flush Winston out. Um and the problem with him is, is that, and where we're, we had a real deficit here, is that they've Mike Evans and, and Deshaun Jackson, right? And the two of those wide receivers are pretty dynamic this year. Now, Mike Evans, I don't think has scored a touchdown for four games now. Uh, that could coincide with the fact that James Winston has been out for a lot of that time. And then Deshaun Jackson um is more of a diminutive wide receiver in comparison uh, but he's still highly dangerous now they're going to stack up against the von house which is what we're gonna, probably going to see covering uh mike evans and then we're going to see demarius randall covering the sean jackson and randall has been uh trending up uh of course with Dixon and Burnett giving uh, help um at safety so if if they have us in one area it's it'll be if james winston is on his game which i don't expect and the fact that they have two weapons in jackson and evans i mean their tight end howard is again just for want of a better phrase piss poor uh in the grading s- in stance as well so offensively um they they could be very limited here andy and we could get an awful lot of pressure up front with the big guys and it's limiting the big chunk plays which is kind of what dom capers says that he prides his defense on so whether our cornerbacks are there to play um, that will play a massive part do you think that we can do what I think we can do on defense to this offense to limit them so that whatever points that we can put up with Hundley on the dinky donkey first read stuff that we can sort of, you know, put up the points enough to put us out of reach of these lads.
2: This game will be run up front. Um, I'm quite envious of the Buccaneers offensive weapons, if I'm honest. So talked about the Sean Jackson and um, Mike Evans, even Chris Godwin, the third receiver. I really liked him coming out of uh, college um, oj howard he hasn't pulled up some great stats i think mainly due to the fact he dropped a few balls at the beginning of the season but he's going to be a talent in years to come cameron brate's a steady tight end as well danger in the red zone and then you look at their running backs are stable as well doug martin the guy that scored two dts last week uh, peyton barber uh, sims uh, jackie's rogers so they've got some on paper um, some real some real talent um, the problem's been that um, there's a time that the QB's been allowed to to find the passes and also the, to create the running lane so I think the game will be won and lost up front if we can stick to the stout run defence that we've displayed over the majority of the season but also create a little bit more pressure this week, I think that we'll be okay, but uh, don't underestimate the guys on the perimeter for the Buccaneers they are some seriously talented people um, you know, OJ Howard's quite an athlete at tight end, he's quite a mismatch for for most linebackers and and sort of pretty much most safeties, so we need to watch out for him, um, particularly in a two tight end set with Cameron Britt
1: Yeah, and we've seen Blake Martinez play like a demon, so hopefully he'll be able to shore up, um, you know, that at, at linebacker. And also Jake Ryan had his best game of the season last week. So Martinez
2: just continues to get better and better, doesn't he? He's yeah. a he's a really impressive specimen at the minute, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean that that sort of improvement has been game on game and it's also been season on season of course a small sample size but I mean he's fantastic and looking at the opposite side of the ball I mean the, the Buccaneers have a severe lack of talent on defense as well now arguably what it's going to come down to it's going to come down to Gerald McCoy getting that pressure up front and how many you know players he's going to eat up uh he'll be going up against Jarry Evans and Spriggs and they have a linebacker David who's just he's a elite. He's absolutely elite. Yeah, very good. He's, yeah, he's one of the uh, definitely top three. I think in the league. Outside of that, Andy, I mean, I don't think they're going to pose us too many problems. Uh, Ward, their uh, strong safety, uh, can be fairly tidy. Um, Alexander as well in the middle can be can be quite good. But when we look at their cornerbacks and Evans, their their free safety. I mean, you know, they've really struggled and against Devontae Adams and against the likes of Nelson and Cobb in the slot, we could be doing well, but it's it's the it's the linebacker David and it's uh Jared McCoy who if anybody's watched the the Hard Knocks series, the fact that he's so much mileage under the belt and that his footwork is so fantastic is going to give our O-line uh, serious problems on the day, but look with some with some chunky stuff with some little sort of uh screens uh jamal williams hopefully is on his game again do you expect air running backs to have much purchase because i mean david's a run stopping specialist for the books um how do you see this game going because that that's the part that kind of worries me and to be honest is that if we're going to have to depend on the run as kind of a safety valve like we have seen it uh go for us do you think we'll have that luxury against the books
2: I think there'll be some tough sledging, um, but I think the return of Aaron Jones will be uh, will be a real asset for us, won't it? So I think mm. that we get the sort of um, the combination of Jones and, and Williams running in tandem. I think that's going to be the way forward, um, and plow ahead that way uh, over the course of the game. Let's hopefully wear them down, and I think that's where the the conditions will play into our favour. I think if we can avoid mistakes, that's the key thing for me. Um, yeah. We don't we don't beat ourselves. Um, we do it we do it simple, and if it means that we need to punt. Then we then we punt it away. We just don't lose a field position battle and we just steady away. I think something, I was thinking around 24-10, that would be my score prediction. I think we yeah. just need to avoid the mistakes. We can't have a repeat the, the Baltimore game and let's take it one game at a time.
1: Yeah, because I think we've seen, particularly against uh, Pittsburgh, that if you bring a poor defense against the Packers, we can get some stuff done. But we do depend on the first read being good, uh, busted coverage. And if the busted coverage and the first read happens like it did with Randall Cobb, we're happy days. Because if you look at that touchdown, uh, Brett Hundley's following Cobb the whole time. Uh, Devontae Adams did some stellar footwork um, on his. So we need all of these things to come together um, and the O-line to hold up, which I think it will. So we're dealing with uh, a pretty poor defense from the Bucs with a few standout players that could cause hassle. Um, but hopefully we get some purchase against them. I'm predicting a win in this one as well. um, And I think we've learned lessons and the players have learned lessons in time management. And maybe McCarthy has learned, you know, if it comes up to a 57 yard field goal, just play the field position all the time. Don't be trying to go to notch up the points to put it out of reach effectively and get the points where you can. He obviously showed more, thr- more. I was going to say more thrust in Mason, but that's a, that's a whole subject for a different podcast. <laughs> um, so he showed more thrust in Mason uh, to get the points than he did uh, for the defense to be able to pin back uh, the Steelers, which, let's face it, he kind of had a point there. So, yep, I think the same, um, Andy. It'll be an interesting game to watch. And fantastically enough... Uh, The games that we see now, I don't think we've any late games scheduled for the rest of the season. I think they're all uh, nice and tidy games for the fan base. Uh, so that'll be good.
2: You have to you have to remember as well, we're skating on thin ice and it's probably last chance saloon for us, isn't it? You know, a yeah. defeat this week and, it, and the season's, you know, realistically over. So that brings an added edge to the players as well, I think, doesn't it? that That realisation that this is it, you know
1: yeah do you know what and it happened last season that every game became a playoff game you know if you lost this game you were out and that was it you know mathematically you've got very a very slim chance i think the the chance of getting into the playoffs for the packers now sits at between five and six percent Um but they do we need to get to 10 wins I and mean, we can only do that now by winning out and mike mccarthy came out and said that didn't he is that people were like oh what about the playoffs what would you do blah 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 and he said we can't even think about that we need to get to 10 wins and then see what happens if we don't get to 10 wins and um, you know but then there's not even conversation to be had so every game as you say Andy is a make or break game if we lose any game I think we can sort of kiss the season goodbye so if we lose against the Bucks, I don't I and again this is me like I do not expect to see Aaron Rodgers and I know you might disagree or some people might disagree they might go no no they'll still play him I don't think they'll play him I think they'll say we've invested in Hundley we want Aaron Rodgers to sit out and and all of that, and I don't know how the fan base are going to take to that. I don't know whether they're going, to, they're going to see that as surrendering the rest of the season. I know you'd said on a previous podcast that you think he's going to make his way back for the Vikings games just to stick it to them.
2: Um, I but, think he demands he plays. I think he demands he plays, and he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, he'll elevate his leadership legend even further. I think he demands his play
1: But does he'll that put? Input. Would that be him putting himself over the future of the franchise to a degree? Now, I'm not, I don't mean to get too dramatic with it, but. If we had a chance, if he's in there, the likelihood is, is that we're going to win. I don't know about against the Vikings because you know, they're a ridiculous team this season. Now, the wheels will fall off in the first playoff game. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's my prediction. You heard it here first. But like, if he demands to play and wins and changes their draft position, will they let him do that? Will they let him demand it? Is that right for him to demand that? Or yeah, is it defeatist to think that oh, well, let's just lose an extra couple of games. I don't trust in the Packers. Because again, that said, Andy, like, I'm not saying that we're going to lose if you have Brett Hundley there. I'm not saying that the coaches won't try to win. But there surely is a is some type of dynamic that goes on in the background that even we aren't privy to as to how this will all play out if they lose against the Bucks.
2: The only way he doesn't play is if it's there's a physical possibility that he does further damage, isn't there? And, and from a broken collarbone, I'm not a doctor nor an expert, but certainly from the... The previous experience we had a couple of years ago um, where he was held out of games and they're not going to take that chance with him so if he's if he's fit and he wants to play then i don't see the issue i don't care yeah. whether we're, we're out of the playoff contention or not i don't know about for you or for anybody else but for me that that vikings game is massive regardless of playoff implications i really hope we're in a position where we're we're nine and six and a win gets you in because um, it would be you know that would be interesting stuff over the over the seasonal period but i just want to beat the vikings really um <laughs> yeah and um, our best chance sits with a rod at number at qb
1: and the thing is from from speaking to the players on the podcast they always say that the divisional games are the biggest ones so i think from uh you know a competitor point of view they do want to play and they do want to win and they're not going to want to lose and go oh well let's just write it off from a pride perspective they're not going to do it for a history books record perspective they're not going to want to do it and I suppose as well, you know, the Packers, particularly as a draft and developed team, they trust in their draft process. So I believe that they probably think that even if they're two, three spots away from where they thought they would be had they lost all the games, that they're still going to get good value in a player that they want. And I think you sort of had that perspective as well, right? Is that just because you pick in the first round at a certain position has absolutely zero guarantee that that player is going to go on and do great things in the NFL. We've seen the likes of Jordan Howard. Um, who's drafted in the fifth round, and then I don't want to mention the Tom Brady's because that gets boring, you know. But there, there are good players to be had in later rounds. Even of us looking at our our running backs this season, we've seen that ring through with the likes of Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Um, so yeah, I'm at two minds, but it it'll be interesting to see actually how the organization goes and what direction they do go in and what mindset that they do have. Um, and maybe we might have to read between between the lines to a certain degree if they hold a rod out. And people might think that he's ready. Is he ready? And they're holding him out because of a certain reason.
2: There's Look. quite a few coaches, Steve, who are sitting on quite hot seats as well. So you would yeah. imagine that their wish would be that A-Rod gives them a better chance of winning. Uh, whether you're special teams, defensive coach, you know, wide receivers, tight end, it, they're all linked. Their fates all linked to the same number 12. So I can't imagine any situation where they wouldn't be... Um, encouraging people to to get a rod fit and and to be suiting up for the games
1: and to be Um, super uh, cynical as well andy i will say from a business perspective it doesn't fill stadiums if you have a losing team so if they're looking to sell out sell merchandise you know the whole works around the whole thing it bodes better for the packers especially being a small team right is to have a rod there because we did hear reports that when the packers were getting trounced in lambo that the stadium was only you know twenty five percent full with about ten minutes to go or whatever or whatever the quote was maybe it wasn't quite ten minutes maybe it was less, um but that's important as well I suppose.
2: Well of course it's you know whatever the game take the game day takings are I would imagine that a losing game is far considerably less than if it was a winning game you know in terms of the people that hang around and how much alcohol yeah. merchandise they, they, they purchase so it's it's obvious isn't it a winning team is going to bring you in more income. But arguably,
1: um, I don't know, you lose, you go on the batter. So maybe you go on the beer and you're thinking, all right, I don't <laughs> think the game isn't a good use anymore. Maybe you go an on the batter, tempers. don't
2: you? But you don't do it at the game, do you? You sort of you know, disappear. <laughs> I think some soccer fans have learned the hard lesson this week. They? They've disappeared yeah. when their team was 2-0 down. In the 89th minute, they've scored two goals and ended up during the game when the stadium's yeah. you know a quarter full. So, yeah, I'd love to see him back. Sooner the better. My, my inkling is, reading between the lines, that it, he'll be ready for the Carolina game. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think. I think yeah, he will be ready and I think he'll be good to go. If Brett can eke out two wins then let's see what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, that's our books preview. Uh, two wins. Uh it makes a change from predicting a loss against the Steelers, which I don't think that went how we really thought it was gonna go. Um so anyway, look, we went through our first jingle. We've hit clown of the week. Let's go to the second. Meet the floor. The oh my god brilliant it's good to hear that music again we haven't had that for a while we were scrambling a bit Andy after Ryan went and decided to take a sledgehammer to his house and you know we kind of just went in kind of mishy mashy podcasts and just sort of you know real old school back garden sort of football type of stuff similar to you Andy when you used to get the jersey on and go out into your back garden in the snow um so it's the, is that the first time you've been sort of co-hosting the podcast with that jingle
2: yeah it is mate yeah I'm looking forward to uh Meeting now a special guest. Indeed. This is a
1: man who I think an awful lot of people, an awful lot of our followers probably know or have some contact with. Um for ages I thought his name was actually Bob Brewski and I was thinking he's just made to be a brewer, but it turns out it's Stemsky and not Brewski, but it still works. We have on the line it's Bob Stemsky. Bob, what's going on, buddy?
0: Not much. Not much at all. Well, you must be
1: bored and idle if you've agreed to come on the podcast and talk to those muckers. So, come here, Bob. You have, a, you have an interesting story, as I said. um, You are known online in your persona as Bob Brewski. Why is that?
0: Well, I'm a home brewer, and I got in with a bunch of crazy Australians, and we had a website, and uh, uh, it just blew from there. You know, he... We we have blank spots in our head because we drink too much. That's what we have.
1: <laughs> Taste no, the old uh, projects.
0: No, we, uh, we created a website for Brew in a Bag, which is kind of an abbreviated version of brewing. And uh, I just grabbed Bob Brews and uh, went with it. And uh, I answered questions for years and years and years about brewing and how do I do this and this will happen, what do I do? So I just stuck with it and... Uh, like that's my handle now whether it's football or not it's it's still bob ruse
1: happy days so that's the thing is that you, you i sent you a message and we tried to get this interview going for a little while and you said to me oh yeah i'll go on if uh, sobriety isn't an issue <laughs> and i started thinking so are you a sort of a beer connoisseur uh, bob i mean what type of beer do you make and do you sell it online do you sell it at markets is it a big production small production what are we talking here
0: Oh, no, this is uh, home brewing only. Um, I brew it for me, my family, anybody that I can pull off the street when I have a bad beer, i want to get rid of it. <laughs> you know, Fair it's, it's, it's pretty nice when you have people that'll say, yeah, I'll have some. And you say, well, you know, this isn't really my best, but hey, it's free, so they'll drink it.
2: <laughs> so the question, first question I got for you is, um, so the Packers games, when you're watching them, do they get better with large volumes of beer? <laughs> uh,
0: no, see, uh, I really am a, um, it's probably the only day I'm really totally sober is when I have the Brewers, the Brewers, the the Packers on because I uh, do the cheese damas afterwards, so I have to be pretty swift, you know, and I have to keep my my wits about me. Normally, um, my more normal day is I read about about Packers most of the morning. I drink beer most of the morning, but uh, by noon or lunchtime, I switch to uh, mixed drinks because. You know if you drink beer all day you're an alcoholic so i figure if i switch <laughs> to mixed drinks i'm all right but uh <laughs> during the packer game i i remain sober and uh i have to i have to answer all the questions and so on for 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 uh uh Chisodamas, and i don't want to screw up because it's it's a hellacious mess when you do trying to redo the scores and everything so
1: so you sort of mentioned that casually then bob so you run this uh cheese which everybody, I was gonna say knows Nostradamus, but you know he hasn't been around for a while, and he, his latest works, he hasn't released a lot in a while. I think he's getting a bit lazy. So, Cheese Stradamus is—it's implied in the name as sort of a prediction game, right? How, what is Cheese Stradamus? First off, how did you get Cheese Stradamus, and how does it work?
0: Well, originally it was. Um from the Acme Brewing, uh, Acme Brewing Company. Uh, That's another brewing company I know. The the Acme Packing Company had it. Uh, Tex Western uh, ran it for many years, but his his style was a little different. Um, He had, I think it was eight questions, and then a, a big question at the end for a bonus, and that was you had to predict something that was going to happen in the game. And there was like a memo field on this because it was kind of done on a spreadsheet on the Internet. Yeah. And uh, you could have a question, uh, you would have a prediction such as, uh, the winning team will have more points than the losing team. Well, you can make that, but it's not going to get you any points because he's going to throw it out. But uh, otherwise, they had questions uh, or people would give answers such as, uh, in the halftime, a um, you know, helicopter will land and uh, Randy Moss is going to jump out and he's going to moon the crowd or something. People would do that dumb thing just for laughs. But, you know, the normal person would go in there and say, um, in each quarter, the Packers will score more points than their uh, competitor. And that that would win points. But what Tex had to do is he had to go research the last couple of years and find out how many times that happened. And if it happened 50% of the time, you don't give anybody any points for that. You know, you're going to have to, uh, now let's say 30%, something like that, you know, a lower uh, question, but a good example was, uh, remember back in 2011 with uh, knucklehead Sue or, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh yeah. When he stepped on, uh, Evan Dietrich-Smith's arm, one of the guys picked, as as his memo or whatever, call a bonus question, he says, in the second half, Knucklehead Sue will get ejected from the game.
1: Really?
0: Yeah, and he hit it. I mean, why we, we talk about that one all the time because that was a good one. It was easy to score and everything. But a lot of times, these questions were... <laughs> Yeah, they were really complicated, and in fact, spent a lot of time trying to do it. And eventually, he uh, he just couldn't do it anymore. He was working, school, family, and all that stuff. So he dropped it. And when I found out he dropped it at the last minute, uh, he gave me uh, uh, permission to to take it over. So uh, I registered a, a website and I did some programming in a hurry, mm. and I got it to where it would work, and it worked. Pretty satisfactorily, but I had to do a lot of things behind the behind the scenes. Now, uh, for right now, the questions for this week are: the Packers score, the Buccaneers score. Which Packers going to score the first TD? Uh, how many times are we going to sack the Buccaneers quarterback or quarterbacks? Uh, passes attempted for the Packers, passes completions, rushing yards, uh, rushing attempts. And the last question is usually always uh, who has the first uh, sack. But this week I did for just shits and grins. I put in uh, Packers first interception. So I change the questions various every week, but uh, usually the first touchdown or first sack is usually the same. And of course the points and um, for people that don't, you know, know that much about football I have in when you sign into it, they have the average of everybody that's picked in front of you. yeah. So their average is there. And also I have hints such as, um, well, you know, some team I just scored in the first five games, they scored a lot of points. And in the last four, they didn't. I'll put in there that in the last four weeks, they've only averaged 13 points a, a game yeah. to try to help people. So it really what's nice about it is anybody can do it, even if you've never seen a, a football game or heard of it. Uh, I have, I do have three or four players uh, in the past that never heard of football and everything. they just stumbled upon it and they played it. And actually uh, I had, a, I think one of them won actually one of the, I have four, four contests a year, uh, excuse me, four contests yeah, a year. And it's uh, first half, second half, uh, the uh, postseason, and then actually all of them together. Right. So everybody, no matter where you start, you can, you can. You can uh, begin to play and get a chance to win. So it's uh, it's out there, chesterdamas.com. It's it's nice. And actually, one of the reasons I like this is that I was afraid to get into fantasy football because I know I was a nut on data, mm. and uh, I'd start mining data on players, and I would get consumed by it. So when I saw this, I thought this is something I can do. That I can play and have a good time and not be obsessed. Well. Now I'm obsessed. I got two or three teams, and, and I spend half the morning looking up injured players and who's yeah. going to play against who. But the thing is, for Chisadamas, if you've got children, grandchildren, they can all play against dad and grandpa. And that's what's it's kind of neat for me, is as, as most of my grandkids are on here. I've got son-in-laws, uh, people from all over the world, and uh, they, they actually haven't an equal chance of winning because, you know, the people like you, you guys, know as much about the Packers or more than I do, and yet um, uh, there's enough luck in there that it kind of—I wouldn't say cancels it out—but mm. you can feel proud that you know that uh, this team is weak in uh, covering wide receivers, and then next, and, and we're real great. We have great wide receivers. You know that they're they're we're gonna score more. So we're, you might put a higher uh points on that. But you know, kids they don't know any d- better. Um they put it something in and they might just outrank you, you know. So yeah. all around it's fun, it's easy. Uh and and I, I mail prizes out all over the world. I've I've sent many to Australia and England and I don't think I've hit Ireland yet, but I think I had uh Italy and uh of right. course Canada. You yeah. know, that's another state. That's the fifty first state. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it's, it's a fun thing, you know, and I, I don't get to go out to the ball games much. Uh in fact you guys have probably been to more Packer games than I've been in my life because um now I'm kinda consumed by getting this. I like to get the data out, the answers to the questions out within a half hour after the game. Yeah. So I don't really like to go. But uh in fact I've I haven't been to any in a couple of years. I have friends that offered, but uh, I feel kind of obligated to this now. So,
1: And so people can find at com. And as you said, if anybody's listening and they want to give it a stab, those questions, as you said, you know, they're not going to exclude anybody. And they're probably the things that a normal Packers fan will think of when they look at the upcoming game, they're going to wonder to themselves, oh, I wonder who's going to get the first TD. We've seen the chemistry. Like me and Andy have already talked about it on the podcast. We've uh, People have heard it now, um, you know, about his chemistry that he's built up with Devontae Adams and how he did in the last couple of games with him. So, I mean, it's stuff that's probably at the forefront. So it doesn't seem too complex then, uh, Bob. So what's the process we're in now? You're into the second half of the season, obviously. um. So can people join who are listening now? at dot Um, it doesn't obviously cost anything. Uh, and can they join in and still hope to win the second half of your season, or do they have to wait now till the postseason?
0: Oh, you can jump in at any time. You know it. You. <sighs> there there there's enough time to to build up points you know there's enough people that just forget to put it in one you know and they say oh yeah listen i was going to pick this guy i was going to put that guy can you kind of retrospectively put it no no it don't work you missed it and that's just the way it is and and to be honest i i haven't missed it yet because i consumed by it but uh enough people uh uh have lax, been lax, and you can catch up to them real quick. Plus the fact that you still have the uh, the postseason. So whether the Packers are in there or not, what I generally do is, well, what I always do is, is whatever two teams are going to be in there, and there's just simple questions like maybe which team will score first, and then mm-hmm. I'll look up all the data about running and passing and all that, and I'll have the questions in there the same. So we play a full the 21 games, you know. Oh, and uh, I think earlier you asked me about uh, how I got into the Packers and everything. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, Curly Lambeau was still the coach when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, he started the team in 1919 and uh, he was coaching all the way up to 1949 before he left to go to the Cardinals, the Chicago Cardinals at the time. And uh, yeah, I've been a fan since, well, I mean, I don't really remember much about him. In fact, I. Remember more when he died than when he uh, in '65 than uh, when when I was a kid because uh, most of the time I was stuck with Gene Rosani and uh, Scooter McLean and Lyle Blackburn mm-hmm. and that was a horrible time. Short
1: lived uh, though, short lived. Andy, there you go. Look at that. There, there's a guy who was wow. a Packers fan longer than you. Can you believe
2: it? Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Listen, and do you know what? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant for a dating look like myself. Um, any interaction that can improve the game experience is just brilliant. I know my six-year-old boy Finley would love this. I Absolutely love it. He's just getting into the sort of prediction game now, and he's he loves all that sort of stuff. And he'll be uh, yeah, will be knocking up my door to play this game. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, and in uh, like I said, I last year's overall winner for the whole year was my granddaughter out in Iowa. <laughs> so you know, and uh, I don't really do that well because I. I, I, changed my question or my answers about 40 times a week. I said, you know what? I think I maybe, I think maybe this guy is going to score first. or that guy is going to score first and so on. So, but yeah, well, I'm consumed by Packers. And if, the only Packer I actually ever met and talked to is Ray Nitschke. Uh, uh, a yeah, oh yeah. I, it was funny that I was, it was, uh, coming up in St. Patty's day and, uh, I was at this new store that sold CDs, and I'm looking through all these bar songs for Irish bar songs and so on. And uh, I look up, and there's Rain Itchke. He's kind of got a suit on. He's standing in the middle of the place, and nobody's with him. And I realized he was there because the store was just opening, he was doing one of these— you know, public relation thing. So I walked over to him and I got to talk to him for 20 minutes before I realized, Oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be at work. So I had to drop (laughs) everything and go back to work. But uh, that was the most fun I ever had with any of the Packers. Uh, I I met, you know, like Paul Horning and that, but that was all in standing in line, getting a book signed and, you know, you don't get much interaction there outside of. Oh, I really like you playing. Oh, thank you very much. You know, that's it's it. Hard.
1: It's hard to know what to say. I find Bob when because I know I've had a couple of them on the podcast now, like Mason Crosby, Mike Daniels, and it's it's hard. Like Leroy Butler from back in the day, uh, Gilbert Brown. So it's it's easy to know what to say in sort of an interview format, but I wouldn't know what to say to a player. Well, I don't know. I've gifted a gab, probably would, but it's it's difficult to go up and strike up a conversation with a guy. Who you feel that you know well what what did you talk to Ray for twenty minutes for, and what was he like as a person was he was he affable was he friendly? was he chatting away to you because a beast on the field. Well, You know, did he stick his fingers in your face mask,
0: Bob? Uh, no, I know. he was uh, pretty amiable, I'll tell you. And, and actually, I think he was pretty bored and he was happy to talk to somebody because uh, for some reason, uh, people just didn't realize who he was. I didn't see anything in the paper or in the news or anything. He was yeah. just standing there, you know. So we talked, I, I asked him about when he got bonked on the head by that light fixture, you know, I hit him in the helmet, and uh, he talked about that a little bit, and then I talked, I asked him about uh, some of the guys, and what was it like with Coach Lombardi, I mean, geez, these are the same questions that billions of people have asked him, yeah. but, you know, he was just very affable, it was very easy to talk to, and uh, like I said, I think he was, he was pretty bored, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, I, I don't think I've. Well, to be honest, he was dead in six months. So you guys better watch out about next March or so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish Andy he would have told us about his curse before actually talking to the guy. Yeah.
2: Talking about Ray Nitschke though, he was a he was a terrific player and guy. And um, I used to subscribe to Packer Report. Uh, being in the UK, the, the American football coverage was not great, but. Um, I sent a letter to Packer Report saying, you know, thanking them for their publication and how, you know, useful it was for a UK Packer fan at the time. And he sent me a personalised sort of uh, reply, uh, signed at the bottom of his secretary's in it, I don't know. But, you know, I just think, you know, someone takes a special time out to do that sort of thing. He's a, he's a top man, in my opinion.
0: Oh, absolutely. And what
1: did he say to you, Andy? What, what, and did you ask for a Packer player to get back or did, he, did it literally come out of the blue?
2: No I mean initially it was just to try and get some sort of merchandise really so that's how I got my um, first Jesse Clark shirt was through that and then the interaction was just about thanks very much you know appreciate your publication because I used to deliver it by airmail
1: yeah.
2: and they used to be really good I used to get it with inside the week so sort of that was quite difficult at the time so they play the game on the Sunday by sort of Friday I'd have the publication in, in my front door, you know. So um, I just sort of said, you know, I was only a kid, just saying thanks very much for your help. Thanks for the publication. Brilliant job. Love reading it. Look forward to it. I mean, I did. I used to wait for the yellow envelope to arrive and it was absolutely fantastic. I and mean, he just got a reply. sort just a to, just to one page. I still got it upstairs. Uh, along with sort of hundreds and hundreds of copies of Packer Report
1: oh man you'll Um, you'll have to frame that but look Bob um, we honestly could have you on and we we hopefully will have you on again if you'll agree to come on again because there's so much I think we've only scratched the surface You're an incredibly interesting guy but I want to know how did you come across UK Packers and how do you see us as an American Packer fanatic
0: well I see you all as equals do you guys know as much or more than we do I, I really tickled pink that uh, the Packers have made it that far. Uh, actually, I, when I first uh, came across you, I stumbled ac- across a lot of things in my life, mostly the floor and the rug in the <laughs> house. But um, I, I stumbled across, uh, I think it was on, uh, it was on uh, Twitter. Yeah. I think I saw something and I looked at it and I thought, Wow. They got Packer fans all the way over there. Well, that's really neat. I was very proud because we got such a small little town, you know, and uh, I I worked there quite a bit. I had an office in Green Bay for many years. And, uh, you know, I like the town. It's just a small blue-collar workers and everything. But, uh, yeah, that's how I found you.
1: Uh, And I found you you guys
0: very intelligent.
1: (laughs) You don't regret the day or uh, block us instantly, no?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. You know, when I listen to you guys, it's the – the th- thing I like is the fact that I pretty much agree when you're making an opinion on something, whether it's mm. Bennett or uh, something, uh, I haven't ever had a time when I disagreed with anything. So, you know, that people tend to like that when you, you don't hear something and then go, Oh, you guys a jerk, you know, <laughs> which you may be, but that's nothing, uh, nothing to do with this. It's, I really enjoy, I really enjoy listening to your show and, um, there's all sorts of good tidbits and everything in there and all you know, good banter and so on and so forth. And as long as I'm sober, uh, I like to listen.
1: Well, Bob, it was great to have you on. And I think to finish the, really, this has been a fantastic um, chat, let's say. Do you want to give the people out there what your UK Packers membership number is?
0: My number is 97. Ooh. So that's Kenny Clark, I believe
1: and just like Kenny you're a heavyweight in the Packers game uh we see you all over the place all over social media um if people are interested in that game again they can go to cheesestradamus.com and um, myself and Andy are definitely going to sign up for that and uh, by by all intents and purposes Finley Andy's son seems to be uh knocking down the door to get his dad to sign him up as well so Bob it's great to talk to you buddy
0: yeah anytime guys anytime
1: what a dude uh, cheesestradamus.com sounds interesting Andy you're gonna jump on
2: yeah, cool. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, buzzing for that. Yeah, he was a top man, wasn't he? So yeah. really good idea. Um, it makes it a bit more fun, doesn't it? Not any given Sunday. So once my fantasy teams are well and truly beaten, then I can link into <laughs> ch- cheese trousers. <tri-jamas. laughs>
1: it's it's mad though, isn't it? I mean, the amount of time that Bob puts into the website. Geez, I almost feel bad about playing <laughs> because you know he used to sit there and, and do everybody's points and stuff. But it, he obviously has devoted his life to it. He seems to really enjoy it. Um,
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I really like the idea of that last question though, where you predict something a bit off the wall and the, the more off the wall it is, the, the more points you get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Really Tim, good
1: fun. Do you know what, though? That's dangerous. That's like, you know when these lads bet on the first goal scorer being the goalkeeper because the odds yeah, are a thousand yeah. to one or a million to one or something When you're kind of thinking, oh, but imagine the amount of money I can get back and go... Yeah, 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 it's high odds because it's not going to happen. I mean, that's 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 not a that's not ten quid well spent. That's ten quid just you know pissed down the drain. It,
2: it gets a bit uh, colluded then, doesn't it? What About the guy with the mince pie, wasn't it? The goalkeeper who oh, was yeah. uh, on the funny. He, he obviously put a little sneaky bet on himself, having a pork pie on the sidelines, and uh, he got sacked the week after.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how specific? I mean, it goes to show how silly the dude was. If you're going to bet, that you're going to be a pork pie. <laughs> He's gonna eat 74% of a pork pie on the sidelines. Trust me. And then all of a sudden, you know, he goes into the bookies with a dodgy moustache on and a hat. That's gonna get you done. That's that's Bruce Grabbler, stupid. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. That's a you do wonder to you sometimes. You, you you do wonder sometimes when you're watching the game, don't you? You do wonder.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it can be easy done. But anyway, look. Um, that's that's the sort of. I don't know that that kind of wraps up the podcast. So we got an awful lot of people contacted us, very excited about the nineteen nineteen shop. So what we're doing at the moment is we're we're gathering our wish list together, and it's it's just a grueling process to get all of the merch that we can, um, and get it all priced up and and all the rest. But that is coming. It probably won't come before Christmas because there's an awful lot behind it. But it definitely is super exciting. People are really happy with that, and we were going to raffle off the Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre items but we're thinking that, you know, people really want to get their hands on these and is it right to raffle them off? So that's still undecided, but we could potentially be putting them in the shop as well. Now, obviously, um, they're going to be pricier items. So we're thinking about that. We're thinking about putting those in the shop. Let us know what you think. Would you like to see them in the shop for an opportunity for you to buy? Or would you like to see kind of a monster um, raffle done? Now, the raffle tickets are going to have to be about 10 quid, I'd say, to to cover the cost of the actual item itself because it's extremely pricey. So, would you pay for a raffle ticket? That's a tenner, or would you want to pay for the item? How are you on that, Andy? Would you do you covet signed items, or is that not your thing?
2: I think I'd be uh, leaning towards the raffle crew. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, if throw enough snowballs at it, you might hit one.
1: That's it. Ten quid get you get you an old chance to because that's the thing we've had that before where we've had uh, lads who've bought ten tickets to a raffle and they don't win, and then we've had lads buy ten tickets to a raffle and they come out. You know, twice. So you can definitely add to your March room, but where we hope to be the only outlet in the uk ireland europe to be able to sort of bring over an awful lot of merch and give you the opportunity to buy them at non-ridiculous prices and um, so you know you can see a david Bactiari jersey on SportsMemorabilia.com, which is really the go-to place and they're asking for you know 260 270 dollars for it or pounds and then you've got to import it and pay customs and then you've got to pay the VAT, and then you've got to pay the postage on top of all of that so it's crazy so we're trying to go about getting the a really affordable way for all of the Packer fans um, in Europe to get good signed merch f- f- for non-extortion prices, you know. But anyway, so Super Bowl tickets. I think there's only 19 left. And we've had a good few questions of people asking, can they bring... Uh, non-Packer friends and yes you can it's open to everybody now so anybody can buy a ticket you don't have to be a Packers fan Uh, we've had some Bengals fans some Titans fans unfortunately some Bears fans Um, that's all in good (laughs) fun Uh, they can come along as well that's absolutely no problem there's no hostility on the night it's everyone just getting together because it's us and the Kansas City Chiefs in the one room so you don't have to be a Packers fan you don't have to be a Chiefs fan and if you want some good banter it's self-contained it's only going to be us who've bought a ticket in the room there's going to be nobody else Um, so there's only 19 tickets left total for that, so you can get the ticket for the Super Bowl party for 25 blips and then you can get the room for 35 pounds based on two people sharing because it's a twin room. That's 60 quid all in for everything. So there's the hotel, the spa, there's a unlimited American style buffet food so you can go up and help yourself um, and there'll be raffles and stuff like that and entertainment on the night. We'll have music in the build up. We might be having some comedians there and uh, there'll be a DJ build up and then we're going to have the Super Bowl as well. So, come along, it's going to be a great night. Um, uh, that's, pretty much all there is to say on that so look it's been a great podcast andy um so from myself at DDD nfl on twitter give me a follow follow the group at uk packers follow us on instagram facebook get into that closed facebook group as well and from me old buddy me old pal it's at Pooley shrew give him a follow it's andy davies it's goodbye till after the books game
2: take care steve thanks man bye